Hey, what's going on? My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm here for the Patterns of Possibility. The Patterns of Possibility is all about helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll explore topics that inspire confidence, direction, and resilience. In this episode, we're going to talk about blame, accountability, and ownership. Those three are similar, but they're different in subtle ways. One is used to hurt, one is used to heal, and the other is used to avoid. By the end of this episode, you're going to know which one does what and how to apply each of them. Are you ready? Let's go. Have you ever been caught doing something you shouldn't have? Of course you have. We all have. Do you remember what happened when you were caught? Do you remember if you had to take ownership of the event? Were you blamed for it or were you held accountable? Or do those all just seem like they're the same thing? Well, they are pretty similar. They're different subtly, but they're related. They're all similar to each other because they require responsibility of something. However, the difference lies in what you're being held responsible for. And that subtle difference determines the emotional impact that each one has. One hurts, one heals, and one is used to avoid. Let's take a look at blame. If you were to use any of those three tools as a weapon, this would be the one that you'd wanna pick. Blame will control, confuse, and sap its victim's energy. When you use blame, you're making someone responsible for your own feelings. What makes it so powerful is that you tap into their belief that they're able to make you feel sad, make you feel mad, make you happy. They beg, they plead, and they cry for your happiness. <laughs> Suckers. They can't control your feelings any more than you can control the time, the weather, or the exact outcome of anything ever. Blame your kids for a bad day at work. Blame your partner for your weight gain. What's that? You're running out of victims? What else is on your mind? You can always blame Canada. You're not done. Make everyone responsible for the feelings that you have, except for the one person who can do something about it. You. Blame is poisonous, radioactive, toxic goo that seeks to destroy everything around. This is the nuclear option. Everyone's getting hurt. Especially that poor, unfortunate soul that you made responsible for your feelings. They're doomed. Much like nuclear waste, if left untreated, it will seep into the hearts and minds of your loved ones and stay there for generations to come. And your little ones, they're going to spend the rest of their life placating, people-pleasing, and believing that they're responsible for everyone else's feelings. Which couldn't be further from the truth. Remember the beat, your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts? Your belief generates the emotion, and no one knows your belief except you. When you blame, you're conducting psychological warfare. I'm not kidding, look it up. It fits the definition. Let that sink in for a moment. Psychologists have studied and seen the generational damage. Now knowing this new information, 
knowing how potent and powerful it is. You probably wouldn't use it on your worst enemy. Don't use it on your family, friends, and anyone you love. Yeah, Blame is some nasty stuff. That is definitely the worst of the three. Let's talk about taking ownership. And for that, I'm going to start with a story. One day, as a teenager, I was hanging out with my friend, and their mom was not at home. They were at work, and they were due to be home, I think, in a few hours. So we were just hanging out, and back in the day, I was doing all kinds of dangerous stuff that I don't do now. Somewhere out there, there's a picture of me holding a candle in my left hand and a can of hairspray in my right hand. And I'm holding the candle up, out, away from me. And with the can of hairspray in my right hand, I'm spraying it into the flame, which creates a nice, awesome flamethrower. Now, I'm not recommending that you do this, but that picture is pretty gnarly. You can just Photoshop it. Don't ever do anything like that. I'm lucky to be alive. I bring that up because I was hanging out with my friend and we did those kind of things. So there's this one instance that I remember that um, their mom had an ashtray. We would take it and use it to light things on fire. Nothing living. Just little things like paper and hair, stuff like that. And we were lighting alcohol on fire. We were like, we would go out away from the home and just like, oh, ooh, that's cool. We drop a match into it and just kind of watch it flame up real quick. And that was it. And we did it a few times and it was pretty awesome. We were having so much fun that we weren't paying attention to the time. The next thing you know, it's close to the time for his mom to come home. And we knew that she was going to use this ashtray. But the ashtray was hot because we had been burning alcohol in it. And the last thing we burnt was probably five minutes ago. Quick, we've got to cool this down. So what do you do when you want to cool something down quickly? Well, you put it underwater. I grab an oven mitt, pick it up, start running it underwater. And right in my hands, it shattered. I'm shocked. There's no way I'm going to be able to explain this at all. I heard their car pull up. I looked at my buddy and I pleaded, I don't wanna die. What do we do? So it turns out when you heat up glass or ceramics or anything like that to a high, high temperature, you have to let it cool slowly or else it'll shatter. Adding water to something hot like that is a no-no. Well, we were busted, so we had no choice but to take ownership of it. When you take ownership of something, you only take responsibility for the action that happened. You don't take responsibility for the impact that you've had on another person. Now, I want to be clear that this is not taking care of anyone's feelings. It's an acknowledgement of how they responded to what you've done. You're not responsible for taking care of their feelings. You're not responsible for making them feel better. They are the only person that can feel the sadness go away. They're the only person that can feel joy restored. You can't do that for them. When you put it in that context, I may as well have just gone into their house and smashed the ashtray and said, yeah, I did it and left. And that reminds me of the Chappelle show. Chappelle show created a skit some years ago about Rick James grinding his feet on Eddie Murphy's couch. It became a sensation. So people wanted to hear Rick's side of it. Rick James does a great job of taking ownership of it. Here he is in this interview. You've got to hear this. 
If you've never seen this skit before, I have a link in the show notes. All right, do you remember, do you remember when you do you remember grinding your feet into Eddie's couch? Yeah, I remember grinding my feet in Eddie's couch. You remember why you did it? Because Eddie could buy another one. <laughs> I think, and I think it was something like uh, Eddie or Charlie or somebody just grind did it in my couch. See, I never just did things just to do them. Come on, I mean, what am I gonna do? Just, just all of a sudden, just jump up and grind my feet on somebody's couch like it's like it's you know something to do. Come on, I got a little more sense than that. Yeah, I remember grinding my feet on Eddie's couch. You know. Rick owns that couch. He's all like, I did it. I did it. <laughs> Fuck your couch. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. But seriously, the next time you think about taking ownership, it's like that. There's no concern or care for the emotional impact your actions have had. And there might be some justification behind it too. Like they're rich, they can buy a new one. Taking ownership is still a bit damaging, but it's not as damaging as blame. When you take ownership, you acknowledge that you did something, but you just don't like the feelings that they have about it. So you do what you can to avoid them. We are at the third and final one. Let's recap what we've gone through so far. We've used blame to hurt. We've used ownership to avoid. Now we're on accountability. Accountability is the healing one. It's the healthy one. Taking accountability is very close to administering an apology. And I say very close because there is a key component that is missing. When you're being accountable, what you're doing is taking responsibility for both the action and the impact or the acknowledgement of the impact. Now, the subtle difference between being accountable and administering an apology is that change of behavior when you're apologizing to someone you change your behavior when you're accountable for something you don't change your behavior you don't go that extra mile when you're just being accountable and there may be many reasons for this it may serve you in situations where you are not intimate partners or you really are adamant about this behavior that you're doing and you do not want to change it but you wanna make sure that your partner knows that this is what you do, and they may have to adjust. You may compromise on it. You don't have to change your behavior if you don't want to. And if you don't wanna change your behavior, it doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you you. And when you hold yourself accountable for things, you are showing that you care for this other person. You want to be authentic and true to yourself. You don't want to give up because the most important thing in relationships or connections is that you be authentic. If the offense is egregious, then maybe you won't be together or be friends or talk to each other any longer. The behavior doesn't always have to change. Sometimes there is an awareness that happens. Let's say that I had a nightly routine that took about an hour every single night before I go to bed and I've been doing it for years upon years. And I meet someone who for the first time comes over to spend the night. So they see me do this hour routine and they're waiting and waiting and waiting. They're very surprised by this too because I somehow neglected to mention 
that I do this hourly routine and I have been doing it for 10 years. So they're surprised by this behavior and they feel like they're left out. They're just waiting for me. If I wanted to be accountable for that, I would tell them that I was taking forever, took an hour to do the routine. I didn't tell them and I would acknowledge that they feel left out and sad. I don't have to change my behavior though. All I need to do is be accountable for my actions and how they feel about my actions. Acknowledge them. Yes, I took an hour doing my skincare routine and you feel left out and lonely because you weren't expecting me to take an hour. I don't need to change my behavior to fix this problem. They just needed some awareness that this was going to happen. They were upset that they were caught off guard. Problem solved. The worst thing that you want to do in that situation is, of course, blame them. Well, you should have known that I would take an hour. My face looks like this for a reason. That's not good. You don't want to half-ass it either. Taking ownership of it? Yeah, I took an hour. Okay. Don't do that either. Be accountable for your actions. Acknowledge their feelings. The next thing you do is compromise. The behavior doesn't need to change for the relationship to continue on. Just needed some awareness. That's it. One very noteworthy thing about accountability is that it is potent just like blame. It can do a lot to heal a relationship. If you're arguing and fighting over something, take ownership of the action. If you did it, then say it. Acknowledge how they feel to restore the connection then watch your relationship heal. One more marvelously remarkable thing about accountability, there is no expiration date on how potent it can be. The healing power doesn't dissipate through time. If you have an issue that has been going on for a day, a week, a month, a year, centuries, for friends, for lovers, for acquaintances, for groups of people, for entire countries, it can work. It's a fact that we all want to be connected in some way, shape, or form. We settle up around people who look like us, who think like us, because it's so much easier to just default to that. It's hard work to understand. But in truth, we want to be understood. And if you know what it's like to hurt, so does someone else. I'm sure 7 billion people know what that's like. You may not know what their experience is, but you know what the feeling is. You have felt pain. You have felt sorrow. You have felt happiness. You have felt fear. You know what it's like. You can see yourself in that other person who you think has nothing in common with you. That's empowerment. Don't blame. Don't just take ownership. Be accountable. My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really want to hear your feedback on this. So email me at patternsofpossibility at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, DM me, slide into the DMs. I really want to connect with you. And if you like this podcast and you'd like to help me grow, I'd appreciate it if you left a five-star review 
on Apple Podcast or if you'd recommend me to a friend. I'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening.